And now, here to give the presentation for the award for something, Miss Laura Dale! Hello and welcome back to the annual podcast awards. The award we're about to award today, the awards that we're awarding, is the award for most non-straight, positive and nice podcast made by people that you have not yet met. And the award goes to... Queer and Pleasant Strangers! Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Aris Magna. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. You know what it is at this point. We've done, like, what, 25 of them? It is. We've reached our quarter century. Yeah. We do we do a bunch of silly skits and voices and catch up on our weeks, and that's a thing what we do. Mm. How are you this week? I'm quite squishy. You're quite squishy? Quite squishy. I'm, I'm a little bit obsessy, so I'm going to slightly rotate the mic. I don't know if you heard me do that. I'm rotating the mic, because I saw that it was not rotated correctly. Roll, roll, rotate your mic. Roll, (laughs) roll, rotate your mic. That's the kind of week I'm having. I'm like, can't line up my microphones. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. It's been a a week this week. It's been very busy. It's been very busy. Very sleepy. I feel like I have have lived through, like, years and years this week. You've had a busy one. You've had lots going on. It has been lots. Um... I, I did lots of book writing because I couldn't write the book for a few months and then suddenly my brain went, ah, book. You remember that book you were struggling with? His, you I know that it. book that you couldn't work out what to write for like two months? Here's like three, four months of book. Write it in a, in like half a week. Do write that. Write it down now. Write it down now. It's all here. <laughs> okay, brain, I'm sorry. Write it, write it now before you never write again. This is, this has been a week. Should we talk about what we played? We played some stuff this we play, week. We, we usually start with play, so let's play yeah. play some things. Let's play uh, some things. We'll play, we played a lot of board games. We did play some board games. We, uh, we played... I didn't write down which ones we played, so I'm going to rely on you for this. We played uh, Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Betrayal at House on Haunted Hill? I think House on Haunted Hill is another thing. Okay, Betrayal at House on the Hill. I think it's the House on the Hill. I now need to Google it. <laughs> I think there are two separate games with very similar titles that I always conflate them into one title. Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Um, House on Haunted Hill is a film. Okay, I get this board game and that Do film not. conflated. Because they remade it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, how would you describe this, this, this board game, tabletop game that we played? It's a horror game... Uh, Styly. Um so yeah, it's, it's basically a horror film a horror film uh, or, or a series of horror films essentially. Yeah. You start off in a, a a mansion house which is generated as you explore the room. So you will start with like a um, a lobby, uh, a hallway and a, a flight of stairs that lead up to the upstairs area. And as you go through the uh un unnamed uh un uh, assigned doors uh, any un- unblocked door you can get through and and, um, and and attach a new room from a pile of mysterious hidden rooms. <sighs> uh, which means that I suppose you get out a lot of replayability. There'll be different things about which rooms cropped up. Although yeah. when we were playing we did end up getting rather uh, almost creepy 
uh, tie-ins between the sort of events things we were picking up yeah. and the, the, the cards that there's, we were putting down. There's there's a couple of like differently randomly shuffled decks. Like you've got a deck of room tiles that you shuffle up and you don't look at. You've got these event tiles that you shuffle up and don't look at. And the omens. And, yeah, and when you go into these rooms, you'll sometimes trigger like an event or an item or an omen. And just through sheer luck, we kept having things that co- coincided with where we were. So we'd like turn over the room tile for the chapel and then, oh, it triggered an event. Let's pull an event card. Oh, you're in the chapel. It's like, ooh, ooh this is a bit spooky. Yeah, there was there was quite a lot of that that sort of just seemed seemed to tie together. That was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, so basically, you you are gathering omens and and items to sort of power up yourself or sort of prepare. Yeah. But it means that these haunting rolls get more and more difficult. And once the haunting roll is hit over a certain number then the haunting begins. Yeah. And based on what the last object, uh, the last omen picked up was, and which character and where, or I think it was just where and, and what item, or I think, what omen. Yeah, I think it was like partially dependent on who who was the last person to go. Then it was like the, the room you discovered the final omen in and what the final omen was. And that will direct you to a scenario. Yeah, one of like fifty, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's the the game's kind of split into two phases. You've got the first phase, which is you've got all your characters. They've got speed, which is how many rooms per turn you can move. Strength, which is your combat ability. Then intelligence and sanity. I think are the uh, the something two like mental that. skills. And you're sort of going through trying to like get items to protect yourself and beef up your skills and try and, like, not take too much damage and build yourself up a bit. Mm-hmm. And then you trigger the haunt. And this is basically what horror film are you about to have to try and survive? Mm-hmm. Um, so for our example, it was... A Saw movie. Yeah, we were basically in a Saw movie. We had, like, collars around our necks that were going to decapitate us and one of the people at random was turned into a traitor and it was like... Oh yeah, one of those people is actually like the mastermind of all of this and their collar's not going to kill them and we had to work out how to find some keys to survive. Um, Two keys per collar? Yeah, like some of them work differently but generally whenever the haunt starts at least one person will become a traitor. Sometimes you'll know who that is, sometimes you won't know who that is. They will have slightly different objectives to the heroes and then you start playing against your friends to try and be the team that wins. Yep. Like, we looked at one where it was like, the, the traitor controls that banshee that mm-hmm. can't be killed and runs around screaming at things and you yep. have to exercise it. Exercise it because nobody likes a, 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 lazy, <laughs> a lazy banshee. Yeah. I It took us a little bit of, like, working out. But once we got through a game, I think we all sort of understood more what we were doing. Oh. There does seem to be a lot of replayability to it. There's yeah, all... yeah. I mean, like you get any one of those fifty scenarios. It's uh, it's good that there's a lot of expansion, and obviously the fact that the rooms could be laid out in any number of ways, and um, where you end up doing secret passages between. Because uh, obviously there was the coal chute that I found initially was the only sort of serious way down into the basement. Yes, and um, you'd get injured as you did so. Yeah, and then there was like we had to move on to something else. That eventually, I think we found a, a proper flight of stairs to get up there. Yeah, someone for... triggered a, a secret staircase up to another. We floor. had a magic elevator that just like kept popping up in different places for a while. It didn't get a lot of use, but it, it did seem like an interesting thing to have. 
Yeah, well, it, like, it got us down to the basement when we had no reliable way to escape the basement. That That's was true. fun. But yeah, it was, a, it was a fun game. It really was. And, and I hope to play that again sometime. You, you need a lot of table space to lay out all these rooms. Yeah, I'm really glad I extended the table before we had people come over. Yeah, once once we played it, we got a sense of, like, oh, you need room for, like, three different expansive floors. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a good fun game. Yeah, definitely. Would play again, 10 what, out of 10. What else did we play? We played some of uh, Lords of Waterdeep. We did. We played uh, five-player Lords of Waterdeep. That was, that was good. Um, it it definitely had a different pace to it with five players. Yeah, because you only start with two agents instead of I think it was four in in two. Yeah, player. you you get can you each player gets to do considerably less with their turn, but there are a considerably larger number of people competing over resources, so it mm-hmm. becomes more frantic. And the quests that you do complete have to you have to make them more worthwhile. I yeah. think. Yeah, I think we did all right. I won that one in the end. Which yeah, was, which was good. I think we all were within about fifteen, twenty points of each other. Like, yeah, we, we, it was pretty close. It was a pretty close fight. Um, everyone sort of picked up what they were doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Hell, I find like Wizards of the Coast generally write instructions pretty well, and the quality of the, yeah. the board and the cards and everything were really and good. In there as everyone well. was very impressed with the very organised box. It's a very nice box. Very nice for organising. Yeah, but it was a nice, easy game to teach. Like we didn't have too much difficulty explaining that one to yeah. new people. I mean, it helped. That I mean, that was the one that I sort of read in about twenty minutes and then set <laughs> everything up from like an, a previously unopened yeah. box. Uh, it was quite the opposite of, of uh, Legendary Encounters. Yeah. The, Sitting there three hours later going, what the fuck? Betrayal at House on the Hill was a little more complicated because it had so many variants of what could happen. Like, yeah. the whole, like, oh yes, yeah, so we had three different instruction booklets to, to work through. Yeah. But yeah. we did all right. Like, ha- having to, we, we the first time we tried to do one of the haunts in that, I got confused and I missed one of the many instructions of how you pick how the haunt starts. Um, it's it, we were reading like as the heroes, oh, and you you use this this ring to do this thing, and we were like, the the villain has the ring. How do we get the ring? Uh, we were also really unlucky in that the first proper haunt we did, the saw one, is miswritten in the book. Yep. Uh, we 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 went on forums looking for like this makes no sense what's going on and we found a post by the person who wrote that particular haunt saying hey so like when i wrote this it said this and the editor clearly changed it and it now makes no sense this is what it's meant to be uh, so if you ever play haunt number 38 in betrayal at house on the hill check out board game geek because there is a proper thread on how yeah. it's supposed to work basically it says use the hexagonal item tiles in two different points in the description the second one is meant to say purple monster tiles not hexagonal item tiles <laughs> yep so when you get confused being like they're already on the board how do we deal them out to players how do y- you don't nope so yeah what else what else did we play um, we played another. We played a few rounds of Bucket of Doom. Oh, have we talked about Bucket of Doom on here? We before? have only a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, Bucket of Doom continues to be a fun multiplayer yeah. game to play. Like as oh. the night's winding down. You know what I say? Sometimes you have to butt chug special brew. Sometimes you have to butt chug special brew. And that's how I won. <laughs> yeah. So what were you? Oh, was that when the scenario was something like you're the back end of a human centipede and you used your four pack of special brew and you're like. I'm gonna butt chug it so I don't have to like experience this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a good, fun, silly game. 
Yeah. Maybe not this week, but you know what I've thought previously would be a, a fun thing to do with this uh, to do on this podcast at mm-hmm. some point. Draw out a couple of of bucket of doom cards, and we both answer like what we think our best solution is, and then we let the audience perhaps decide which one was the better one. I see. Are we using the the prompt cards from the deck as well? I think so. Okay, I think yep. I think maybe sometime we do that on the show if I'd we into that. Yeah, and we, then we could some... also just stream some Bucket of Doom. We could also just stream some Bucket of Doom and just let the chat be like, Twitch chat, who was funnier? Yeah, that could be a thing. <laughs> do that one night. Yeah, Bucket of Doom's still good. Mm. Anything else? Um, I I streamed some Basingstoke. I had a go at that streaming malarkey. It did pretty alright, I reckon. It did feel rather like paddling to keep above water. There's a lot to keep an eye on at first. Um, there were a few things that I messed up, like listening back to the VOD, there was there was something I picked up that I just goofed on entirely because I was trying to um, run through a, a list that I have. It's just, it's just rote memory. And it's mm. like, that list needs to be updated. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Do that better next time. So I apologise for that. And... Um, I I I I need to learn to read out what is being said in chat rather than just uh, responding to it. Yes, you you did a couple of times the like you would read a thing in the chat and answer it, but then obviously on the vod people can't see what was asked. No, but you did really well for your first stream. Like... And I misspelled basing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Solo streaming is a really hard thing to do because you have to basically learn how to just like verbally talk to yourself and keep a conversation going and that can feel really weird and awkward well i used to let's play stuff before yeah like, a long time ago that's all long since been deleted off my channel because it was really bad <laughs> yeah. and nobody wants to see like me doing 36 episodes of a, a really impressive minecraft map um no, it wasn't good. Was, it, once upon a time, that would have been like a very popular thing. I think now you've got to do a very popular series of of, of Fortnite let's plays. Oh, no, I'm not out to be popular. I'm just out <laughs> to entertain myself. And if anyone else gets entertained along the way, then I'm happy this, about that. This is the best way to do content. Yeah. But yeah, I I watched as much of the stream as I could live, and then I watched the rest as a vod. You did a really good job. Thanks. A really good entertaining stream. Thank you. I had, I had fun, and it was it was nice that some of the people that watched hung around after the the uh, stream and gave me some uh, some nice feedback, which was good. Yay! Uh, if people want to check out the vod, where can they do so? They can find that on my YouTube channel, which is Maniac Janiac. Woo! Mm. What else? Have you, you played anything? Oh, I played. You've been playing uh, some more Fortnite. Uh, I've played a bit more Fortnite. I'm excited. Uh, last week we talked about the fact that, like, ah, oh, Fortnite needs, like, a good training mode or something. Uh, by the time that this episode goes out, it sounds like Fortnite is going to have a mode in which you can just drop onto a basically empty map and pick up loot and try building things and shooting mm. guns and mess around and go, oh, I see. Will that be in all versions? or? I believe that's going to be in all that's versions. Good. It's it's a it's part of the battle royale and like it seems to be pretty feature complete across every version. So cool. should be able to do that soon. Uh, I played some of that the demo on Switch for Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Mm-hmm. That game continues to be adorable, and we need to play some of it together because it's got co-op and it looks yeah. super cute. But little Toad can't jump. He's got to go save the world. Gotta go get some treasure to give to Mario, but he can't jump, he can't fight. Are he and previous generations of Link related? <laughs> Cannot jump. 
Well, this this one also cannot fight, so not much like Link. Mm-hmm. No attack, no jump. Just go find treasure oh, no. and and be and give to Mario because Mario needs treasure to go save people. He's he's adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, you playing anything else? No. Well, I guess I'll talk about the last thing I played, which is uh, Pokemon Go. That's got trading in it since last week. Yeah, doing some of that. So you're running the uh, running the mafia now. I'm running the mafia. I I have very legitimately. I am in high demand because I have many of those region exclusives. Uh, hey kids, you want a Kangaskhan? <laughs> yeah, I met some lovely people this week who play like very locally to where I live, which is nice. Um, we you know had a, we did some raids. I caught the new legendary. I've been trading gifts with people building up levels to get that legendary that I missed during the month that we moved. I'm, I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm back into Pokemon Go. This has been fun. I think that's everything we played. <gasps> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actisoft. Yeah, hello, hello. Hi, hi. So, um, we're looking at this new, um, Battle Royale game. We're thinking about calling it, uh, 15 Days Royale. Because, you know, it's one better than that other other thing. Uh, I see, I see. So, I've, I've been a little bit out of the loop recently. Can you fill me in? What's the payment model? How are we going to monetize this uh, this Battle Royale game? It's what all the kids are playing. Well, you know, we, the the thing that's uh, really going around at the moment is is Battle Pass. So, it's, it's like a limited time thing. You get access for, say, a month in this case. And then, you know, at the end of the month, you take it all away and you make them buy it again. Ah, that's brilliant. Talk me through this battle pass. Well, we, we've, uh, our, our battle pass is something really special. We think it's really going to fleece our, our customer base, uh, like, as much as possible. So, um, what, what we've got here is we're, uh, we're selling a battle pass that allows you access to loot boxes for 30-day periods. The loot box is not opened within that time will expire. So, uh, at the end of the battle pass, if you've not opened any of them, they all go. They're all gone. That's oh, goodness. it. Uh, that's all. You, you gotta buy it next month and try and do it all over again. And then, uh, within the loot boxes, there is a, a limited chance to get uh, one of 500 shiny puzzle pieces that will allow you access to a special shop where you can purchase extra special DLC. Now, what we're going to do, we're, we're going to send some of this DLC to a couple of the big streamers, you know, get people really hooked on the idea of collecting all these puzzle pieces. Yeah, but uh, we're only going to put out 499 and there is a possible of getting duplicates of the same one, and they're, they're not going to be tradable at all. Ah, oh, this is brilliant, this is brilliant. Please tell me you've got more to this. Um, well, that, that's basically it, but we we are thinking, that, you know, that we, that we want to make sure that the, the streamers are see, seen as being... Uh, all capable of of having all this stuff that's really deeply desirable. Get that real sort of keeping up with the Joneses going on. We really gotta sell it. And um, we're particularly marketing this at, at at kids, you know, because they're particularly vulnerable to our uh, our uh, psychological marketing. And the, and the way we're we're doing this, it's a it's a real badge of honor. And then obviously they all want to look cool. <laughs> ah, this is brilliant, brilliant. I, I expect to have the finished uh, finished business model on my desk on Monday. Thank you, thank sure, you very sure. much. This is brilliant. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Particularly enjoy all the uh, manipulating children into the spending money they don't have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to fleece them. Last time on Mundane Office RPG, <gasps> you had fought a dragon that was your boss and, and left it to sleep. <gasps> you are currently armed with a stapler and the 
Jones Report? I think it was the Jones Report. Probably the Jones Report. Anyway, um, so, you are looking to leave for lunch on time. You are approached by a colleague who looks like they might be about to slap some work on you. Uh, Roll Sneaky. Uh, Okay, roll Sneaky. I've got a plus one in Sneaky. So that's, ooh, minus it's minus four. three. So it's only a minus three because of my plus one in Sneaky. Okay, uh, then you are going to take a, a hit there. That's um, your uh, colleague approaches you and they dump uh, a good couple of files worth of work on you and demand that it be done as soon as possible. You don't mind, do you, dear? Oh, oh. Um, can I can I try and be forceful to to say no? I, actually, it's my lunch my lunch break. You've, I'm supposed to be going. You've got minus two in forceful. I know I have minus strong. two, but it's the only thing I can think to do right now. It's actually alternatively, could I do plus t- my plus two in quick to try and run away before like they notice that I was definitely there? So perhaps they'd put them on the desk, and I'm just like, no, 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 I, I never saw her. I was already out on my lunch break. Okay, go go roll it. Roll I'm, it I'm rolling the plus two. Uh. Oh, uh, plus three. That's plus five on quick. Okay, that is a massive success, and I'll allow you to create a new aspect if you want. Um, um, the aspect of um, away. do not disturb notice on my desk. Cunning, cunning. Out, out of office. We'll call out, it out, out of, of office. office. Okay, so you've managed to avoid the annoying colleague and left for work roughly on time. Even if the, there is a big pile of paperwork on my desk to come back to yep, later. Yep. You head towards the local sandwich shop. And and there's there's a big queue. Oh, um, huh, how do how do I how do I deal with this? Uh, can I try the sneaky roll again to try and like? Mm, no, uh, I can't redo really that, can I? Um, can I try and be clever? Um, in order to perhaps suggest that I put an order in earlier and be like, ah, yes, uh, have you have you got that order ready for me? And then they'll be flustered and have to. Let 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 me have my order. Okay, yep. Yeah. Roll roll. Uh, plus clever. Roll clever. Yeah, I'll let that. Go on. Uh, plus three and clever. Okay, so that's a one. So plus four. Plus four. Okay, yep. Yeah, you successfully managed to get your. What are you having? Um, I'm having a meatball sub. A meatball sub. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, as you come out of the uh, sandwich shop, you notice that there seem to be a large number of school children around. <gasps> it's obviously that it is the summer holidays, um, but it turns out they're all actually goblins, <gasps> and you are you still only have a meatball sub, a stapler, and the Jones report. <laughs> uh, so uh, how are we going to deal with this horde of goblins? Okay, um, can I be really, like, over-the-top and dramatic and, go, and like, hold up the stapler and go, This is the stapler of Carthal! You shall not defeat me! And, you know, try and make them think that I'm big and scary and flashy. Okay, roll flashy. That's a minus, minus one. one. Uh, I, I dropped one dice. Um, I'm going to roll the whole handful. There we go. Uh, okay, so that's minus one. Minus two. Okay, so that's minus two. You are overwhelmed by the goblin forces. Uh, they are not you viciously and 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 uh, take your meatball sandwich. Uh, roll to escape back to the office. Uh, what kind of roll would this be? Um, I think you're gonna have to sneak away. There's 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 a lot okay. of them. Okay. Uh, zero. Okay, so you successfully managed to get away, but you've now lost the Jones report as well. Oh no. Yeah. It was a digital one. Can I print out another copy? Did you save it? 
I'm sure I probably did before printing Wrong it out. Roll clever to see if you saved it. Okay, uh, plus three, that's... Okay, plus three, plus two, plus five! Okay, so you definitely saved it. In fact, you you have uh, a spare copy. You, in fact, you haven't even closed it yet. It's still open on your machine, <laughs> back at the office. Okay, um, you find when you get back to the office that you've somehow lost your security pass to get back into <gasps> the building. Uh, how are you, you going to get around that? Oh, oh, um, can I sneak in by following someone else in, like, while the door's still open, just walking very close behind them? Okay, roll sneaky. Okay, uh, plus one. And that's a zero? That's a, yeah, you, you get in, but the security guard notices you, but, um, because you, you're sort of friendly with the security guard, they let you in. Just at that moment, there is an absolutely titanic crash, and a large feline creature comes and attacks you. Um, what do I roll to defeat the uh, the feline creature? Tune in next week to find out. <gasps> so, <gasps> what have you put in your eye holes? What have I put in my eye holes? Uh, not a huge amount this week. Uh, I watched the remaining half of Voltron season uh, season six. Still good. Yeah, still good. Uh, last time I watched it, I just finished watching, like, as I said, like, ah, here's a cute little, you know, not super connected D&D episode they're doing. That's really sweet. More D&D episodes in things. Uh, and then it just, like, ramped the hell up and was like, Ooh. ah, drama, things are happening, ah, sub- subterfuge, the plot twist, ah! Ooh, subterfuge. Yeah, it continues to be like, that, that show catches me off guard and does... It takes a lot of narrative risks and is willing to expect a lot of... It, it's willing to trust its audience to understand the, the the jumps it takes, more so than I expect out of what is primarily an animated kids show. Yeah. It's... I'm getting to the point with Voltron where I want to start comparing it to things like Avatar in terms of, like... It's a children's show, but like it is is doing a good job of like. You mean the last end of Airbender or the one with the blue alien? Uh, the the, the last Airbender. Gotcha. I want to start comparing it to like Avatar: The Last Airbender in terms of like, this is a kids show that's like punching above its weight. Like it's it's doing good. So yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Nice. You watched anything? Um, I I watched uh, Oddballs episode two on uh, on the Roleplay channel. Like, me JP. Um, so they are continuing their, um, uh, I knew you said D&D, but it's not. It's, uh, Tales from the Loop campaign. One of, the, one of those tabletop things. Tabletops are all D&D, right? <laughs> no. Not all See, tabletops these, are These dice we have here, that's for D&D, right? No, they're fudge dice. <laughs> they're for playing fate with. <laughs> are they called fudge dice? Yeah. I never knew that the dice in fate were called fudge dice. Apparently so. But oh. you cannot eat them. No, no, eat, no, eat the fudge. You called them fudge dice. I'm like, oh, what, what? No. You can nibble one, but you'll probably <laughs> hurt your teeth. Okay, I will put them back down. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's really good. That's really ramping up as an interesting story. So the uh, the it's basically a bunch of uh, sort of mid-teens, and they're um, that there is strange things going on in their town. They found this weird hole. 
<gasps> and there seems to be some sort of dimensional issue, and they have these weird balls, these odd balls, you could say. <laughs> and um, I think Jesse's doing a really good job DMing. I don't know if he's ever DMed before, but I'm, I'm quite enjoying what he's come up with. I'm really curious to know where the story's going. Uh, there is an, another episode... Uh, that I haven't still seen yet, but that, that's been... I'm enjoying it so far. It's been really good. What what, el- what else you watch? Uh, the only other thing that I like feel like mentioning, we continued watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I just wanted to give a really big shout-out to that very good episode about bisexuality that we watched that was like... I had a cry. Yeah, it was a very well-written episode. Yeah, it, it was a sad ending. But... It, it was nice to see the, the primary character of that episode deal with feelings and be open mm-hmm. uh, and it was really nice just watching all the character interactions that went on there it was a mm. beautiful episode yeah yeah that was that, that's in season 5 of Brooklyn Nine-Nine there's a really good bisexuality episode yeah what about you? Um, I watched a let's play of Interplay's Lord of the Rings Volume 1 uh, by Under Albert on YouTube. Is this that game that you want to do a stream of that game I keep point? talking about uh, doing a stream of <laughs> I have many complicated feelings about it. It's it's it holds a very special place in my heart. It's one of the few games, that, one of the very first games I got super super into. Um, and at first I was like, I'll do the original version because it's less broken than the enhanced version. Yeah, <laughs> I know that makes no sense. The enhanced version is differently broken to the original version, which is also a little bit broken in places. But then I remembered that the um, the original version actually. I think almost as a form of copy protection, had most of these sort of long text sections as bits written in a book, almost like a choose-your-own-adventure. So you'll get to some character and they, you know, they, it'll be that you enter the thing and they have this big thing to say and you ask them a question and then they go, now please look at paragraph 34. And you look it up in the book and it's this long, sprawling bit of really important text or just Tolkien waffle. <laughs> um, and and I was like, okay, so that doesn't make for terribly good viewing if I'm, you know, if the, people are staring at a thing that just says, now read page 34 while I just waffle on for 10 minutes in a slightly Tolkien-esque fashion. <laughs> okay, yeah, we found the letter from Gandalf. Okay, oh, apparently we've only heard half of it. There's more to come. I need to go and do another mission to get that. Um... <laughs> It was quite interesting seeing, like, a few bits that I hadn't ever seen before. Yeah. Um, like, I've obviously completed the game, but I, I've i never really understood that the characters particularly levelled up. I, I just assumed they same the, stayed the same shitty level the whole way through the game, but apparently they do level up if you do certain things. <laughs> which obviously I'd just sort of done in the course of things. But uh, a few years ago I, I worked out a thing and I, I'd, I'd speedrun it a few times. Yeah. So, like, I obviously wasn't getting the most out of it, and and I hadn't really been exploring all of Moria because Moria is a pain in the ass with so much fighting and many many trolls <laughs> and um and and bits that just really don't make any sense in in the there there are bits that sort of happen in the game, and then if you're playing the enhanced edition, it's got like interspersed scenes from the the uh, rotoscoped cartoon, which don't match up with what you've just played. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is really confusing. 
but at least it's got Tom Bombadil in it, which very few things bother having in. <laughs> oh, don't you just love old games? I do, uh, but I probably, having watched that now, probably won't end up streaming that. But I might play it again for fun, so... Well, one of these days, the one that I always keep saying I'm going to play, play one of these days, is the 1994 version of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. I will one day get that up and running and do a stream. Where is Carmen Sandiego? Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? I don't know that one. That's, that's the version I know. Carmen Sandiego, Carmen Sandiego, where that's, that's not my Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> that's not, hashtag not my Carmen, Carmen Sandiego. Diego. <laughs> nice. Uh, what else are you? What? There's all things I've watched. There's all things I've watched too. Welcome today, everyone, to the Pantomime Group Society Committee meeting. And um, we need to pick a pantomime to do this uh, this year. Um, it it has. I have been having a bit of a thought recently. I just wanted to bring up. That's quite a few problematic things in pantomime. So I just wanted to go through a few and see if we could pick one that you know, doesn't have any of that nasty stuff in it. Well, yes, absolutely, lovely. And, uh, and uh, as I would have said to uh, Serena McKellen, it's terrible that there are so many uh, negative g- stereotypes, be they gender stereotypes or, or, or classist stereotypes that just occur very, very regularly in pantomime. And and as uh, as we later mentioned to, to Sir Patrick Stewart, uh, it, was a, uh, it was the sort of thing that's just not terribly appropriate, and so we need something that's a little bit more hook. Oh, as the kids are saying, yes, yes. So, uh, you know, initially I thought a little bit about Sleeping Beauty, but then there's obviously that whole issue of non-consensual kissing of a person who's asleep. Absolutely inappropriate, lovey. Absolutely inappropriate. Indeed. So, next I thought about, uh, what about Aladdin? And then I thought, hmm, there is the downside that Aladdin in that um, happens to misrepresent who he is in order to get someone to fall in love with him, which is really not okay. No, no, not okay Um, at all. And then a lot of the ones I had down on the shortlist... They have the whole concept of pantomime dames, and that's just a bit, a bit transphobic and nonsensey. Yes, we don't like that at all, are we? Not at yes. all. Yes. So I have a suggestion. I want to see what uh, whether you're on board. Do with tell, it. do tell. I think perhaps the wokest pantomime we could do mm. would be Robin Hood, because at least then, if we do Robin Hood, we're teaching children that stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, basically down with capitalism and up with socialism, it's a very positive thing to aspire to. I think that's a good lesson for our children. I think as long as we can find some way to rework Mar- uh, um, uh, Marion so that she's not some sort of uh, damsel in distress throughout this, I think we could probably probably do something. Wonderful. I think this is a very productive meeting. Absolutely lovely. Indeed. Wonderful. Can't afford a new home because of the fucked up housing market? <gasps> Absolutely. Well, try imagining a house. I have a fantasia. Well, other than you, person over there, imagine a house. Oh, a house. Yes, <laughs> indeed. In my mind, black this, picture. <laughs> this is the solution to the housing crisis because your mind is literally the only part of this planet that the government don't get to arbitrarily decide is their personal property because of reasons. So, if you can't afford a home, create a home in your mind. The one place that is not owned by somebody. Oh no, due to all my neuroses, I've got somebody knocking on the door to try and, to, to try and claim back the house. They're wondering how I got it for free. No. Oh no, I've destroyed my, my own neuroses. 
Listen to. Oh, well, I listened to the first episode of Dames and Dragons. Ooh. You got me into that. I'm going to start listening to another gosh dang. Another gosh, gosh dang real, gosh, play, dang podcast. real play podcast. Not much more to say about it right now, other than yes, I'm enjoying this group of people. They are amusing. I enjoy their style of banter and, mm. and their voices. Talk and I do not have time in my life for this. You've given me another thing to listen to. Apologies, but it is a really good show. Uh, what have you been listening to? Um, well, I'm I'm slightly further on, but I am still listening to, to Dames and Dragons. I've got to the, I think I've got to the end of the third arc. Um, really enjoying it so far. Uh, but I I know I'm running out because I uh, they've just mentioned Christmas just gone, which means <gasps> that I'm probably running out of episodes since there's a bi. I think it's a bi-weekly show, so oh, no. got to catch up. Hopefully, by the time I finish that, there'll be some new episodes of. Um, what was the other one? Um, fuck. The Adventure, oh, Zone, Adventure, Adventure Maidens. Adventure Maidens. Let's keep go down the list. Be like, Adventure Zone, <laughs> Dice Funk, Adventure Maidens. Which, which one are we on about? Yeah, I've, st- I've still got last week's Dice Funk to listen to. <laughs> um, yeah, we got about halfway off. through, didn't we? We did. We got a bit distracted. Yeah, so you listen to any other thing? I listened to a lot of My Chemical Romance this week because... As I mentioned at the start of the show, I, I didn't write anything on that book I meant to be writing for like two months, and then suddenly, all of a sudden, I had book words. And my go-to music for writing recently has been, I'll just stick on uh, the My Chemical Romance album Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, just because I know it so inside out, I can sort of mentally tune it out, but use it to like tune out the other noise that I don't have, like staticky noise going yeah. on. It's it's useful to have a thing that's louder than all the other sources of noise, but I know well enough that it doesn't take up brain space to Ooh. listen to. So I've listened to a lot of Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Um, the Jet Set Life is Gonna Kill Ya is still just like, mm, such a good track. Like oh. that track. What about you? Wasn't um, we listened to uh, the Prince Fatty Dubs album yesterday. I remember very little of that. It's very chill, very dreamy, very um, slow. nice, slow. Well, dubs is quite a slow musical genre, anyway. Yeah. Um, and there's something very dreamy about dubs. But uh, the version, the the dubs version of uh, "Insane in the Brain" on that album is 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 a little bit more pacey and really good. Um, I, yeah, I, if you fancy a bit of dubs, that that's that's an option. I need to listen to a bit more of that because what I what I heard of that was just very chill and what I needed in that moment. Yeah. That was kind of the point. Any others? <laughs> uh, so I've got a couple of new tracks to listen to this week. Uh, there's a track called 4am mm-hmm. by Mathematics. Uh, it starts off as quite a mellow track. It's a track about like quite a messy breakup where the the drunk ex basically keeps calling the person who's doing the singing to go mm. on about how much better their life is now and <laughs> how angry they are at their ex. And the way that the track is paced is it goes between this very like mellow... Oh, I'm just kind of tired of all of this that I keep getting all these drunk calls into like a much more energetic rock section in the choruses where it's like, okay, the drunk call is happening. I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit more like angrily fed up now that mm. this is going on, mm. and it just like switches back and forth between those two paces in an interesting way. So, yeah, that that was an interesting one. You listen to anything new? 
Um, not nothing new, but in in the theme of your four a.m., we listened to um, nine a.m. by OGP, ah. uh, which is a classic nineties dance dance track. Um, I don't know if you remember that. We were listening no. to it's um, it's a very classic track with a vaguely pitch bendy guitar soundy um riff in it. I think it was actually played on a keyboard. I used to know someone that does play it on. Yeah. It's it's good. Um, it's got a really nice hook to it, and just uh, that sort of nice driving early nineties um, <laughs> dance music beat that is is very common. Yeah. I don't that. I don't remember that one either. But I was very sleepy. It sounds nice. I'll give it a listen now. I'm a bit more awake. If you like, sounds good. If you like, what what else you got on your list? Ah, uh, I got one other, and it's not a new track. It's just one that came up on my Spotify recommended. And I was like, oh yeah, I haven't listened to this in a while. So it's called "I Know This" by Rachel Khan, mm-hmm. and I know it because it was the weather track on "Welcome to Night Vale," sort of ah. near the beginning. It's the "I Know This." This I know. It, it starts a little bit like that. It's um, it's got a, a femme vocalist. It it's got an almost like it's got like a bongo drum sort of beat under it. It it feels like it's got a kind of free form jazz vibe to the way that it's it's put together. Um, but it's just this really interesting sort of spoken word kind of, sp- kind of spoken word vocal track about trying to understand people and our place in the chaos that is the world and it makes some nice interesting observations that I enjoy so mm. it's one of those I'm pretty sure if you heard it you'd go oh yeah I've heard this oh. I quite like it so that was that one you listen to anything else my last one I listened to a track off the Killer Instinct soundtrack oh I remember you put this on while we were doing um, Betrayal at the House on the Hill yes it was the good like this this living room of board games is now haunted track. Yeah, because we, 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 it was getting more haunted and, and we're heading towards the haunting. And I thought, you know what? I really want to listen to Tooth and Claw, which is Saberwolf's <laughs> um, theme from from that game and from the original Killer Instinct. It's such a good track. It's got a real sort of almost uh, Takata and Fugue feel to it, but much more like... like upbeat up and um, then obviously you've got all the sort of the laugh the creaking doors and yeah. then obviously you've got um, spinal laughing at the end so I was listening to this and the way I wanted to describe it at the time is it feels like a metal band doing a cover of a song from Castlevania and then that <laughs> being used as the intro to a, to a like late 80s early 90s cartoon mm. about a haunted house like, it's like metal cover of Castlevania turned into children's cartoon intro. It's It's got Almost. a really nice sort of driving pace to it. It's, um, I think something about the way that the, the violins play in that just really sort of give you a sort of, like, it's like go, stand go, up straight. Go, 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 deal with the haunted house. Deal with the thing. And yeah, it's, 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 uh, I'm not really sure how to do it. It's quite inspiring music. You could, yeah, you could go to war to the house. Uh, or indeed. indeed start some sort of Killer Instinct battle that will lead you eventually to Idol. Possibly one of the lamest bosses <laughs> in video game histoire. Oh, have you listened to anything else? That's all I've listened to. Well then, you know what happens now. What? 
Right, right. So it's marketing time, marketing time again. Hello. I love a bit of marketing. Yes, yes. So, so I, I have had a thought recently about how we can market an item we already sell to yes, um, yeah. a new demographic. So, yes. You know, previously, uh, we were very, very anti the idea of girls being into transforming robot toys. It's very typically a male market. Absolutely. Well, that's because we only marketed it at them, and we we are the ones that insisted on them uh, gender segregating by a binary gender, by the oh, way. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. So, so, I have an idea of how we can start selling them to the ladies as well, you see. Well, well, well. So, so, transforming robot toys, indeed. they can tra- hide themselves as anything, and Absolutely. when they transform into robots, Robots, they obviously the fantasies. Yes, They'll yes. protect you and save you and do all sorts of cool things. So, yeah, small meets um, the eye. Man. Indeed. So, what I'm suggesting is we have uh, transforming robot toys yes. that transform into a handbag. Ah, right. Yes. Because obviously, girls handbags. Girls you know. handbag. Yes. Uh, so, princess crown. Exactly. Yes. Here's yes. the yeah. So these sort of objects. And mm. The idea is. We, we, yes. Yes. So we sell them on the concept that if you buy one of our transforming robot toys, maybe. Men won't be dicks to you. <laughs> well, hashtag well, not all men. Hashtag not, not all, all men. men. Because, what, maybe they'll be worried that if they mess with you, your handbag will turn into a robot and kill them. And exactly. maybe, maybe that'll be enough to stop men messing with them. And we sell them on this power fantasy, and that's how we sell them transforming robot toys. Exactly. Question, though. Yes, do yes. they work? Because, you know, if, oh, I, no, no, if no, one no, happened no. to do a little bit of harassment here and there... No, 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 no. They'll turn it into a toy that just looks like it could defend you. Ah. The woman will still be all plows, the powers. That sounds terrible. Is there anything we can do about that? Perhaps fitting these new transforming toys with tasers. You know, I can't think of any way that would backfire. Go on. Absolutely. Tasers thing. for all the children. Oh. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <sighs> <laughs> uh, uh, where, where, where am I? Both you here aboard our ship, and uh, just to see how things are going. What? This, this is an abduction? Um, less an abduction, more a sort of checkup. I hear things have been pretty fucked on the on on the earth, so we're, we're <sighs> just bringing a few of you up here, seeing if you're all right. If there's anything we can do to help, or you know, if... well. Everything's kind of fucked. Um, fascism is on the rise, which isn't great. No. And the, the the economy is completely tanking. We're in late-stage capitalism, where just everything is about draining money out of the poor and giving it to the pockets of the rich. Do you mind if I just, like, get left to a different planet with you? Like, are other planets doing better than this? Or is well, everywhere as fucked as this? No, no, this is exclusive to humanity, which is why we're strictly forbidden from actually taking you away no. from your home in case it sort of spreads further along or so. Can, 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 can you fix anything, Danny? Can you, like, give us the secret to destroying capitalism for it by any chance? I could buy you lunch and, and you know, and some, some extra sandwiches. Things. Like, we, we weren't quite here to just lead a revolution. Well, the sandwich, extra sandwiches would be good. I really can't afford to stock the cupboards at the moment, you know, late-stage capitalism. Okay, well, here's a bunch of sandwiches, and we can arrange to restock all your cupboards with enough food to last you for, for a while. Thanks. 
Well, I, I hope that helps, and good yeah. luck fighting the fascism and, and the, the late-stage capitalism. If, if, if you want to accidentally blow up fascism with some kind of anti-fascism raygun, we wouldn't say no. Glemlock, can we use the anti-fascism? That's a little bit too interfering, sorry. Um, but uh, enjoy the noodles. Thanks. Questions, questions. Do you want to do some questions? Let's do some questions. I don't know what they are, so they're going to be news to me. Okay, uh, Andrew Meown would like to know, which game would you like a complete do-over? A complete memory wipe and be able to experience over again from the beginning? Ooh, ooh. That's a good, good question there. Mm. It's got to be Beyond Good and Evil. I would very much love to be able to experience that for the first time again. What about you? I'm torn. Either Day of the Tentacle. Oh yeah. Uh, because I had such a good time with that the first time. Um, or um, Wind Waker. Oh, Wind Waker's a good call. Because it's one of those ones that's really easy to sit down with a notepad and paper and like gather all the information from the fish and... And yeah. notes and stuff, and and it, it's one that you sort of sit there and make good notes on yourself, uh, and it's like, it was one that I was able to do without any walkthrough stuff, yeah, because I I got everything that the game was trying to do, and there are uh, some, I think there's a a few bits in Twilight Princess that I really struggled with because I just didn't quite get it. That's fair. And I had to go, okay, let's have a look at the thing. And then I would look at the the walkthrough Ooh. and go, oh, oh yeah, okay, I gotta get that. One other one is the Zelda as well. Ooh. Breath of the Wild. Ooh. Because I love that game, but I think that there is something about special about it the first time you play it in the whole exploring and finding out about this world for the first time. Yeah. And it's there's something that's never going to be quite the same another time I play that. Yeah. Uh, there's a part of me that would love to be able to go explore that world for the first time a second time. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the ones I thought about, especially with the um, all of the DLC being out Oh, now. yeah. It'd be quite nice to just go, okay, you've got the game, you've got the DLC, you can experience the whole thing start to finish completely brand new. And then obviously... I'm not sure where Ballad of the Champions actually unlocks, but... Uh, it's kind of designed to be played after the Ganon fight. Okay. Because I, I still haven't played it yet. It makes a lot of sense to, like... You, you, at the very least, you need to do the four uh, Divine Beasts first. Okay. Four Ballad of the, the, the... Yeah, the Champions. Mm. Okay, well... Because, like, I started replaying uh, Breath of the Wild just to tr try and go, well, I'll experience it in play, but if it's meant to be played afterwards, I might just bump back to my original save and, and, and play that. Yeah. Yeah. What are the quills we got? Uh, Tricky would like to know what is your favourite historical figure Ooh. and what type of practical joke would you play on them if you had the chance? Oh no! I know, right? I'm not going to play any practical joke on whoever my favourite historical figure is. They're nice. Same. Uh, favourite historical figure? I don't have an answer on hand for this. Do you? Sort of. It's a bit of a weird one. Um, so, one of my middle names is Eleanor, spelt in a particularly bizarre way. Uh, or, or an uncommon way, certainly. It hasn't got an A in it for a start. Mm -hmm. Which is it's usually an Eleanor. Eleanor. Which I think is a bit weird. But um, uh, it's e 
double L E N O R. Um, and uh, the, the 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 famous historical person is uh, Eleanor Fenn. She um, was doing all right by herself. She was a children's author. Was sort of keen to educate youth and stuff. She did quite a lot for um, education, but also after her husband died, was very much a sort of like, I'm going to do things with the money that I've got, and I'm going to yeah. try and help educate people, and, and uh, especially like young children, get them out of like poverty by it via education mm. and there's like a, a series of, of books that were uh, she made and got published and uh, sort of over the years had managed to sort of uh, sustain herself a bit more on that and um, I believe she also did a decent amount for uh, the suffrage movement as well so more well, good stuff there I don't have an answer to hand and at this point I'm like that sounds like a good answer <laughs> you've, you've won me over she's now my favourite historical figure Lady Eleanor Fenn. Indeed, I can't think of anyone with a better story than that off the top of my head. Ooh. What's the next question? Uh, Jason Lee, best waffles, potato or Belgian? Mm. Waffles. Um, Belgian <laughs> or potato waffles? <laughs> I'm going to say Ooh. potato waffles are better <gasps> because they are more of a staple... Any time food that is easy to prepare. You shouldn't staple waffles. <laughs> I think as great as a nice Belgian waffle is, it's a sometimes treat. It's a bit fiddly and awkward to make. You need special things to make it at home. It's, you know, it's a lot of work goes into making a, a Belgian waffle. Whereas potato waffle, just grab one out the freezer, stick, stick it in the toaster. Stick it in the toaster. There you go. There is some, like, big staple potato-y food that's delicious. You can just dip in some ketchup. Done. There are many a kind of depression day that I got through because I microwaved... Uh, I, not microwaved. Toasted. I toasted some potato waffles. So, just for the, the, the staple role they played in keeping me alive for a while, potato waffles. You? Belgian. I've been obsessed with Belgian waffles since I went to America. Um, because, like, that was, like, way back at the big, sort of, middle of the 90s. Yeah. So, like, went to America, Belgian waffles for breakfast pretty much every morning. I was like, this is brilliant. And then, sort of, coming back and going, I want waffles. Nowhere in the UK sold them. Uh, I was like, okay, well, I'll look for a waffle iron. And I remember looking, like, very early 2000s. You just couldn't buy them in this country. You could get them imported from America, but most of them wouldn't work because of the, um... The power drain needed yeah. and the, the difference in, you, in wattage. You can, now you can buy them pretty much anywhere. Well, here's the I thing. I had one. Yeah, you can buy them now, but like I I think part of why they're not my favourite is I don't think I will ever have a day where I'm like, I have the energy and the time to do that. I'm going to sit and make potato... Uh, I'm going to make myself Belgian waffles. I fucking love them when I have them. But I just don't have like the the energy at the right time, and, like and the desire to channel that en energy into creating this delicious food. I regularly used to wake up on a weekend morning and just go, you know what, fucking waffles for breakfast. How much is it to get a waffle line? Can we make vegan Belgian waffles? Yeah. This was only like last year that my my waffle iron started blowing the power in my property. <laughs> Should we <laughs> like... look into getting a waffle iron? I don't know if that's a good idea. Because <laughs> they're too easy to make. Are they? In my head, yeah. they're really hard to make. Yeah, I use the same recipe I use for making pancakes, which is, like, 
a cup of plain flour, two tablespoons of baking powder, um, teaspoon of vanilla essence, a dash of salt if you're into salt. Not in a thing. Belgian waffle, surely? Yeah, people use it to enhance flavour. I don't add salt to anything, but I know okay. it's one that's on that recipe that I originally looked up. Um, oh, and a cup of uh, non-dairy milk. Yeah. Pro tip. Uh, Alpro v- uh, vanilla is a really, <gasps> really good one to make those with. Oh, that does sound good. Um, yeah, and you can use that recipe for making either like fluffy pancakes or, or waffles. 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 And I used to used to make them all the time. I made them like and maybe you were never there, but like when there was a bunch of us over there I would often make waffles in the morning. We'd all have to sit there in a queue waiting for some. The I last remember possible. you making pancakes. I don't ever remember having waffles at yours. Oh perhaps not. But, I don't um, think I ever had waffles. Same same recipe, so same flavour, but um just waffly. Delicioso. Yeah, a bit of chocolate, a bit of melted green and black over the top, and then like a big dollop of Swedish glass. Oh, that sounds perfect. I know, right? Mm. Fucking waffles. We should make some pancakes sometime. I will make you pancakes, darling. Heck. Oh, what's the next question? Next question. Uh, Zanda wants to know what types of, uh, what phones we use. I've got an iPhone SE. I've got a, a OnePlus Somethingy something five T I think it is. Yeah, I I like the iPhone ecosystem because it's a very closed ecosystem, so it's very hard to fuck any uh, fuck up anything that you do with an iPhone. And I like their podcast app. Mm, nice. Yeah. I got tired of the Samsungs I've had over the last two phones that I had, yeah. and I decided to try a, a One Plus because they I... seem alright and they're less filled with bloaty shit than a lot of phones. One of my first uh, smartphones was a was a OnePlus one and it was yeah it was good. OnePlus. What else we got? Uh, Joseph Adams wants to know how would you define love? Is it something one feels or one has to work for? I think it can be both. I think that like it is something I think initially love is something you feel but to maintain love, you do have to work for it. It's like the act of love is is something that you have to go. You have to sort of commit yourself to. I think. I don't know how better to answer this. It's a very complicated question. Okay, uh, my answer to this would be: um, love is a, a a term applied quite broadly to very in intense uh, emotional bonds that you might yeah. have with another person be that um a romantic or platonic yeah. or just sort of general like and 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 depending on which type of love you're talking about it, it then expands even further but if you're talking about romantic love mm. i think it's very much a case of love is best defined as like uh, a beam of light bouncing perfectly be- between two perfectly aligned mirrors. Because while the two people are working together and are still interested in each other, you can bounce that light between each other forever. But as soon as you start, one of one starts to drift away, the light is lost, and it can take a lot to to sort that out again. But um, uh, then obviously you've also got like platonic love and with all with your family and some people who might feel that they have shitty families and whatever else, but still might feel love for those people. Yeah. And then there is the love for other human beings. 
which is sometimes really fucking hard to hold together yeah. because human beings are notoriously shitty to each other, especially at the moment. Love is really complicated because, like, I like your mirrors bouncing the light back and forth thing, but it's not always that because sometimes it'll be like it can be a one-sided thing. Like you, you might be a child that loves a parent or a parent that loves a child, and that that isn't being responded. But that doesn't mean you don't keep. Throwing it there. Well, that's something. That, well, the, the mirrors yeah. was very much about romantic love. Yeah, there's there's a lot of types of love, but I think a lot of it is. I think you're right that it is a feeling of intense bond, and I think you have to want you have to recognize that bond and go. I want to keep strengthening and maintaining this bond, and to keep it healthy, it's best if everyone involved in that love is is. On the same page? On the, uh, or at least sending love in the opposite direction. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. Love's, <laughs> love's a weird thing. Love's. Love is a bunch of chemicals that make your brain go, I really like this one, and then and then you work to keep it that way. Love is a many splendid thing. Love is a bunch of chemicals, but it's good because they're happy ones. Serotonin. Serotonin. Who is this serotonin you keep talking about? <laughs> I've never seen her. Nor have I. What's the next question? Uh, Rikiva wants to know, what lantern would you be? Okay, some clarification. Yeah. This was asked in the Discord. Um, this was because you talked about allergically yellow in the last Inquisition. Yeah, so So I'll... they've assumed that if you were a green lantern who is afraid of yellow... Which I've not read Green Lantern, I'm so not, I can't answer this. I'm not a big Green Lantern person, so I can't really answer this, but I can give the context for what happened. So, long to make a long story short, I talked about this on Podquisition recently. Um, when I was growing up, when I was like six years old, I told my teacher I was allergic to yellow. What I was trying to explain, with my limited vocabulary at the time, synesthesia. Sometimes people have senses that cross over in weird ways, like a certain shade of yellow would make my face go really hot and sour and dizzy and uncomfortable. And this got interpreted as, you're allergic to yellow, yellow weakens you and harms you. In the Green Lantern comics, the Green Lanterns are, their weakness is the colour yellow. And that is why I, I, now that this has been, this, this correlation has been pointed out to me, I can only answer, yes, I'm a Green Lantern, because that's why I'm defeated by yellow. Okay, I, I've not read Green Lantern, and the Green Lantern movie was so tragically bad that I haven't really soaked anything yeah. in about it. Uh, red lanterns are angry all the time. I think okay. they're yeah. the angry I'd lanterns. Probably try and avoid being that. There's some blue ones. I think blue is hope. Oh, that could be good. I don't have a lot of that, so that's probably not the best option. Um, <laughs> is there one for like slightly drop out old hippies? Like, a, like pick, a sort of boho lantern. Let's pick a colour. You are the tie-dye lantern. Yay, I'm the tie-dye lantern. That's the best lantern. <laughs> Any other questions? Um, uh, Daniel Schmucker would like to know, when you find a spider near your bed, what do you do? Uh, grab a glass, slide some paper under it to like hold it, and let it outside. I am either a grab a glass or sometimes I'll just pick it up in my hand very carefully. I'm not Depends a... on the side of the size of the spider how comfortable I am picking it up. A tiny one I might on the hand, but usually it'll be a cup and paper. Mm-hmm. Any other questions? Uh Torius would like to know what games are worth picking up for the Switch? Just finished Breath of the Wild, seven out of ten. <laughs> and started Hollow Knight. Uh we really enjoyed Xenoblade. 
Yeah. It's a good lengthy RPG we were very into. Odyssey. Mario Odyssey. Mario it's Odyssey. It's a good, good platformer with lots of inventive stuff going on. Um, what ones have we... Uh, oh, I'm big into Battle Chef. Battle yeah, Chef Brigade. That, that looked fun. Uh, it's a side-scrolling game with kind of two parts. Part of it is you're going into the wilderness to beat up monsters, collect resources, and the other part is basically like a Great British Bake Off, uh, Iron Chef style, take the ingredients that you've collected and then do like a match the gems thing to craft food in order to try and create the best meal possible in a dramatic time limit to progress an RPG story. It's a big save the world story about fighting monsters to get resources to cook delicious meals. I'm desperately trying to remember what games I've played on Switch. Uh, Pick up Fortnite, it's free. There's a lot of game in there for free. Yeah, definitely worth a look. Uh... The Port of Doom's pretty good. I enjoyed Doom, yeah, I had a good time with Doom. Um, I managed to finish that in like three or four days, so I found it a little bit short. But there's there's a lot of replayability, there's more to go back to in that. Yeah. Um, Sexy Brutal's on there. Oh, I the Sexy Brutal, good. yeah. Um, I was very into Mario and Rabbids. If you're looking yeah. for a turn-based RPG, a tactical RPG. RPG. Um, yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some good stuff on there. Um, yeah, that's a handful. Perhaps of stuff. I should have prepared more for this, but yes, that. I, that if I not. had my Switch up here, I would have checked my list of Switch games, and I could have probably recommended more. And Jenny would like us to give a shout out to her girlfriend, her wonderful girlfriend, Olive. So, there you go. Hi, Olive. Someone sent us a really cool picture of some urban exploration. <gasps> oh, that's pretty cool. Mm, can't say question in there, so that's not a question. Uh, <laughs> let me just check the Discord again. Checking the Discord, checking the Discord. Who's got questions for us? I don't know. Nobody's uh, got no, it. I think that's it. I think that's everybody. <gasps> yep, yeah. that, that's all the Christians. So you know what happens now, right? What happens now? Uh, I think we go and see those Graf those Graf boys. Them <gasps> brochure justice warriors. Do you want to know what I see? What do you want to see? Brochure justice warriors! I'm Harry. How's it going? It's going all right. You're going all right. How are you doing? Yeah, you know, not too bad, not too bad. You've been, you've been up to much this week. Oh, it was a bit of a bit of a fight going on in my Facebook wall the other day. Yeah. I just want to bring up. Uh, so, I got in one of these arguments where, uh, you know, you know, occasionally you see members of uh, press minority groups who will make, you know, a little bit generalised statements, but you know, frustrated statements that are generally like, you know, aimed at. Groups that have societal power over them. Yeah. You might be like, ugh, men, when, you know, one particular man does something a bit shitty, for example. And, you know, yeah. you have had a systematic issue with men throughout your Indeed. lifetime. And this one particular man just, you know, happens to stand in. You know, it's not because that one act is representative of all men. It's, uh, it reminds me of the systematic oppression that men as a group of perhaps, you know, committed or perhaps you know within that person's own personal experience that it exactly, does seem exactly. that it is most generally that that is yeah 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 so uh you, you had one of those situations and you know cis straight white guy comes on facebook and just starts yeah. going 
oh, well, not all men, and maybe there's some explanation, and, you know, just trying to explain it all away. And yeah, it just, a lot of what-ifing there. A lot of what-ifing. And I think, like, my general point was, I get really annoyed when I see members of privileged groups trying to equate being angry, like, oppressed minorities being angry at the group that held societal power over them as being just as bad as, you know, being oppressed by a group with more power over you. It's basically saying, ugh, cis people is the same, it's just, saying that is just as bad as oppressing trans people for who they are. And it annoys me when that, you know, when people try and compare those being the same thing. Yeah, it's just certainly a case of false equivalents there. Yeah. And that they do tend to just drag on and on and on and bring up what ifs and hypothetical straw men and, and ridiculousness. Uh, when basically what they should be going is, yes, you're right, that is shitty behaviour and perhaps we should do more to, to do it. Uh, especially if you then jump in on the, uh, midway through that thing and, and are asked to be educated or demand even to be educated uh, to a group of people that are largely having to spend an awful lot of time expressing explaining themselves to people who don't claim to be friends in the first place. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I don't even know if I've got much more to add to it than that. It's just, no. it's, it's generally just really annoying when, like, exasperations of frustration at a lack of societal power are seen as... Oh well, if you get annoyed about not about being an oppressed minority, then you got yeah. annoyed. That's the reason for us not to uh, give you rights. Yeah, let's not not call any of that cis bashing or, or any of that ridiculousness. No, no, like, it's, it's it's understandable that you get, for example, uh, trans people who get frustrated and upset and will you know share a, a, a down with the cis or fuck the system uh, sort of posts and, and that is largely for for trans people to share between them uh, if, if a cis person happens to see that and see that as oh I'm being attacked now like we're not there to, no no one is there to, to like check on on how you're feeling about the fact that we're frustrated or, or that group is frustrated about the fact that uh, they're, they're being oppressed Exactly. It's like, when someone says down with the cis, for example, what they're not saying is, you, individual cis person, down with you. What they're saying is, hey, I'm annoyed that societally cisgender people have control over whether or not I'm allowed to have rights and are at this current time preventing me from having widely accepted rights. And as yeah. such, down with the, the power structure that here is represented by cis people yeah. who denies me my basic rights whilst also going like don't get too mad about not having rights or that's an excuse to not give you rights you know it's, exactly. it's cis in that case is a is a an example term to, to basically stand in for people who have the power to do something about my oppression but just don't really care yeah, it's yeah, it's it is a pejorative and and just like the the Me Too movement's response, we're not necessarily saying all men, but enough men that it is a problem, or enough cis people that it is a problem. Exactly, enough people of that group that people of that group need to be doing better. Yeah, as a group. And don't get me wrong, you know, I will sometimes make the effort with with friends and stuff to to try and. Uh, get things when I genuinely believe that they don't come from a a, a bad place. Uh, that that sometimes they are just 
you know, they, they've done things that aren't quite woke. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, this yeah. has been this is yeah. I it's been a good chat. I think I think we yeah yeah. Thank you very much as ever. I'm, I'm always I'm, it, I'm, I'm going I'm going to pop some food on. Do you want do you, do you want a burger? I love a burger. Should we have some of them sweet potato fries? Oh my goodness, yeah. Nice, nice. So with that all in mind, all those brutal justicey issues, where can we find you on the Hindi net? Me. You can find me at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Laura K Buzz on YouTube. You can find me on Podquisition. You can find me on Kotaku UK Monday to Friday nine to five. You can find me on Dice Funk seasons three and four. Uh, the whole uh, every season is a self-contained story. Season four that's going on at the moment is about the overthrow of capitalism. Uh, I don't turn up to like eight episodes into season three. So if you start season three and wonder why I'm not there, that's why. Uh, I was about to say you can find me on a podcast called Queer and Pleasant Strangers. I was about to tell people about. That's where we're at. That's us. What about you? Where, where are you? I can be found here. Uh, in the house. Cuddling you. Oh. Um, I can be found on uh, Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube, where I will hopefully be doing more stream. I can be found on Twitch as uh, twitch.tv slash Janiac. Uh, that's J-E-N-E-I-A-C. And I can be found on stonemonkeyradio.blog and SoundCloud as Jane S. Magnet, where you might be listening to this. Woo! And with that all said, until next time, <laughs> be a stranger.